You can't really get away from it. You have to accept the fact that in the world in which Jesus lived, and I believe in our world today, there is this presence of demonic forces. The Gospels are eloquent with this truth that Christ believed in the reality of demons and demonstrated his power over them often. You have to want to be there for your, for your people. Put it right now. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? John here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Citizens Free Press is a great place to go to get tons of headlines in today's issues and current politics in the United States. Speaker Mike Johnson at the White House meeting. Trump wins in Michigan for the primary. Joe Pay is going to be discussing um, Nikki Haley's persistence over there at uh, the Joe Pegg's podcast with Matt Gates. And today I brought a sermon from Dr. David Jeremiah on angels. Dr. Eric Berg, seven foods to help you live longer. Guys, we got a packed show today. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about. A lot of great information to bring to you on the American Freedom and God podcast. Today's title is Everyone Should Study Politics. And we're going to go into that one for a while. If you don't know anything about politics, then you should not even comment on a certain politician. The reason is, if you don't know anything about politics, you don't have anything credible to say about any politician just because you heard something on the news. you got to know politics first, political science. Guys, this is episode 121. Deborah, do we got any kind of uh, opening? 121. All right. <laughs> oh, okay, I see. You have to go ring for like 20 minutes if you yeah. let it. <laughs> It's kind of got a resonating after effect going on right there. Just a, a it's persistent. It's a Tibetan singing bowl. It's kind of like Nikki Haley. It's got a persistent <laughs> after effect. <laughs> Just rings all the way through the, the, the inevitable. Got to go home now and stop spending money. <laughs> now, everybody should study politics in today's episode, guys. We're going to just get right into it. I tried to give you a little brief, you know, at the, at the beginning there. We do have some sound bites. Um, Definitely will be enlightening for you today. We had a uh, kind of a big day yesterday. This is Wednesday, and uh, we are at February, I believe, 28th now, right? Isn't that the 28th? Let's just take a look. Uh-huh. It sure is. Well, how come I can't keep track of dates? <laughs> so, yeah, we had a big day yesterday on Tuesday. Um, the primaries in Michigan goes to Trump, 
points, I believe it is, and Nikki Haley about 20-something. So, I mean, that's probably the most she's gotten in any of these primaries. So Michigan does have a lot of um, political party for the for the left there, the, the, the citizens. And the, you know what else, too? I think you're the one that told me, Debbie, because back then I wasn't studying politics, which is what today's show is about. So I didn't have a clue. But you're the one that told me that it was Barack Obama that brought in all the Muslims from um, wherever, you know, immigrants. Somalia. Somalia and and now they're all like gathered in Michigan. There, there's um, great big communities of them there, and we really thought, uh, you know, w- with that being the case, the, the the primary would probably go to either the Democratic um, politician that you know candidate, or it would go to Nikki Haley as opposed to Trump because of the amount of that kind of thing, you know, the, the opposition that is there to Trump. Well, it turns out that opposition to Trump in Michigan is not as much as they thought. I, I mean, know. And he wins Thank it. Thank God. He wins it with what we used to say back in school, with flying colors. All right. Now, the thing is, when we talk politics, um, especially on this show, I know a thing or two. And I understand that when I'm talking politics, I understand some things that are going on, not only in Congress, but in the White House, or not, I should say it like this, not only in the White House and the President, but what's going on in Congress, in the House of Representatives and the Senate. I know who the Speaker of the House is, and I know the role of the Speaker of the House. I know who the Speaker of the Senate is, and pretty much know the role of that Speaker. They pretty much head up the, the hearings, the proceedings that happens in both the Senate and the House of Representatives. They are the ultimate leaders of those two um, governing bodies. And, you know, they are governing bodies because there's a separation of powers in the United States government governmental structure. That would be the executive branch, Congress, or the legislative branch. Then there's the judicial branch. You know, you have all your courts, your appellate courts, courts of appeals, and your Supreme Court of the land. That is another branch of government. You know, and what's happening too, sometimes these powers, each power itself stands out over top of the other one and tries to snuff out the other one. But the founding fathers thought we have to do something different here so that we don't have tyranny. They were running from British tyranny at the time, and they developed the Declaration of Independence. Then they developed the three branches of government. They all got into that stuffy warm room we talked about a couple weeks ago, and they wrote the Constitution of the United States. It took them all day. Uh, The story is that they really wanted to go home. It It was getting hot and getting along, and people were really ready to go. I mean, eight hours in, in a room talking about something as important as your new governing document, the Constitution. And then right before they were about to leave, finally, and get out of there and, and pull their tie loose and everything, get back into some fresh air and head home, one of them brought up something that was very important that was almost overlooked, and that was the, the, uh, the amendment for the Convention of States. So, oh, no, well, no, it's important. We got to do this. A convention of states has got to be written into the Constitution. That way, if this government ever falls apart in its three main branches, then what we can do is we can put the power back onto the states and they can convene. But we need to have a certain number of states that will sign a petition to, uh, to hold a convention and to strip the United States government of its power 
uh, until it is resolved by the state. But we have to have a certain number to do that. And so that, that all got talked about even further on that day. So they worked very hard to come up with our governing document, the United States Constitution. But as I've learned politics, I've started in 2016 to study politics, and now it is 2024, and you can bet I learned a lot, because like even to get a master's degree in something only takes four years, right? So from 2016, that's eight years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can, met, you can bet that I got not only the master's in it, I'm kind of working on a doctorate right now, but uh, we study politics. That's today's um, title, guys. Now, if you're going to say that somebody is just a kook, and I don't care what they think, um, because all they do is stir up trouble, and, and you don't know anything about politics, then you're basically, well, it's baseless. You're, you're, you're grieving uh, on a baseless scale. So what I'm here to do is help you understand um, who's who and what's what. And I'm going to start with the information. One of the most important things that, that um, will help you learn politics is your information. So if you're going to listen to, like, um, you got this life, right? Everybody's got some kind of life going on. You get up and you start your day. You may have to leave the house. You may have to go somewhere. You may have this job you got to get to. You may work at home. I don't know. But you got this occupation, this home, and you got a TV in there. And where you go to work, there's a TV there. And you sometimes hear things on the TV. And then that becomes the only info that came into your ears and that name of that person, or maybe it's the president. You hear the president's name, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, this, Joe Biden, that. And they may be saying some things that makes you feel confident about Joe Biden and the job he's doing. Um, okay, so you're noticing that the, right now inflation is through the roof. The dollar is lost. 30% of its value. You can't buy the groceries you used to be able to buy with 17 bucks anymore. No. You're lucky to get one or two things for that. So you're seeing that and you're going, why is this happening? Well, well, this morning, uh, Rachel Maddow said that Joe Biden is, is not all bad. We know he's old. Let's face it. His opposition, Donald Trump, is old too. They're both old. Sometimes you just got somebody old, but old means experience. So give Joe Biden a break. He's got a lot of experience. And you heard that on your way out the door in the morning. But when you got to the store, you found out, you see that the inflation is through the roof. So you're going, well, Joe Biden's not all that bad, but we sure got to fix this inflation. Okay, that's the amount, that's the extent of which you understand politics. You listen to Rachel Maddow, and now you think you understand something. Oh, she also said that Trump is nothing but a pesky, you know, dictator that wants to rise and destroy the democracy of the United States. You know, you also heard that. So now you think that of Trump. So now you think Joe Biden's not doing so good. Inflation is through the roof, but he's a good guy. We'll figure this out. And you're standing up for him. And you think that when you hear the word Trump and anybody that talks about him is just clueless because you heard what Rachel said yeah. on your way out that morning. Orange man bad. Well, let me tell you something, guys. If you don't understand politics, if you haven't been studying it, everything that you think you know by what's being said on your TV is not even close to the truth. And on today's show, I'm going to show you a few sources that you can start to pay attention to. First of all, if you are listening to stations that are in alphabet media, like CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CBS, 
they're, they're all known as mainstream media. They've been around for a long time. And they are very much on the side. And I'm not trying to tell you this because uh, opposition coming from me. They are very much on the side of the Democratic Party. So right there, they just galvanize themselves as political arms. And this political arm is going to stand up for its political party. It's one of the things that they do. And they also control the airwaves, or used to. So with time, things started changing. So I'm studying this, and I'm seeing what they're saying. I'm going, you know, I don't know. Why would somebody who's an outsider like Donald Trump suddenly want to become a politician? And I'm going, I need to study politics. I need to find out why Donald Trump decided to run for office. But one of the things I learned along the way, I learned when I was a kid, I always heard, Son, you can grow up and be president. It's even a line in one of John Cougar's songs, Mm -hmm. you know, Little Pink Houses. You can grow up and become president. And I thought, that's what Donald Trump did. (laughs) He grew up and became president. Now, having said that, let's talk about this for a minute. He's an outsider. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. He, he, he built a lot of what you see in New York, a lot of them buildings. Absolutely. He owns a lot of them. He's done it overseas, too. So he's got buildings elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And he owns Mar-a-Lago down in Florida. So you're going, why would this guy want to become a politician all of a sudden? He's a businessman. Well, I said, I am going to study this. And I began to study this. Now, there is this thing where you can be listening to the conservative side or you can be listening to the left side. So there's the left and there's the right. So the first thing I had to learn is what's the difference between the left and the right? Now, I was listening to a rock song one day uh, by this band called Disturbed. And in one of the, in the lyrics it says, all the people in the left wing rock. All the people in the right wing rock. And I was thinking, oh, he's talking about Congress. There's the left wing and there's the right wing. But what I learned was it's not so much the wings of Congress, the Senate and the House of Representatives. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about Democrats and Republicans. He's talking about conservatives and liberals. He's talking about a donkey and an elephant, which are the two icons for each party. Debbie, should there be a third political party in the United States? You would think, but they don't seem to get very far, it do they? It doesn't ever seem to. That just doesn't take. It, it's, it's, it has everything to do with money, donations, campaigning, you know, backing. Maybe, you know. just maybe, it's a system that they don't want it to change because they already have it mm. pretty much uh, baked well, in the cake. Well, you know, I, I, at this point, I'm still a freshman. So wait till I get to sophomore or okay. senior <laughs> before you teach me all that stuff. <laughs> So when we study politics, we have to start somewhere. There's the left wing, the right wing. There's only two parties. There's independents that will vote either way. They're kind of like swing voters. And there are all this mudslinging going on. Well, you know, if you're going to run for president and another guy's already the president who wants to run again and get another four years. So I learned back in college the makings of the United States government, what I just mentioned, the three levels um, the checks and balances that one can check the other and keep from one uh, of these three branches getting too powerful. And um, they would have authority over that. And I learned all that in college, but I didn't learn politics. So what we have to understand 
is just because you got went through the government book in, in one of your classes in college and you got the grade and you moved on, you learned government, doesn't mean you learned a darn thing about politics because I didn't. I didn't have a clue. You can take a class called political science and even then what are you going to learn? Just what they're telling you. Exactly what they want to tell you, just yeah. like the news station. So even political science. Well, you may get some philosophies that opens up your mind a little bit. I'm just saying it'll be swayed to one direction or the other. Well, studying politics is involved because what you need to understand is that when a politician makes a move, makes a move to... Um, upgrade something in the country to let the people know that, that it wants to make better life for them. Maybe uh, find a way to get you new student loans for higher education and maybe reduce the amount of criteria that you must meet in order to get the loan. Maybe this president is saying they want to do stuff like that. They want to cut taxes to make businesses desire to, to do business in the U.S. because their taxes are so much lower than elsewhere. Maybe they told you that. Maybe they totally tell you all these things and then they start also telling you about the opposition or the president that's already in the White House. They start telling you what's wrong with that president. Now you're starting to see what we used to call mudslinging. Okay, so first there's, what are you going to do for me as my president? Give the man a, a chance to tell you that. Then... Understand, he's going to sling some mud against the incumbent president. He's going to explain to you what you lost and what they didn't do for you. And then you're going to also learn, now you know the two different personas, you know, the one that's already in office and the one that's running to try to gain office. They both have a persona. Now you're learning about this. Now you're starting to understand that there's two differences here. But if all you ever hear is what the other talking heads are saying and you don't understand the two personas, then you'll just go with what the talking heads are saying, most likely. What I'm here to do is to tell you that there are places you can go, voices you can listen to, to take and keep in mind and do this for at least three weeks. That way, when you make an opinion about Trump, about John Solomon, who runs the news station, The Hill, or just the news, rather. The Hill is uh, something so before you make uh, any kinds of opinions of any name on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> uh, on Getter, on uh, Facebook, just anywhere, before you think you know anything at all, you've got to understand exactly where they stand, you know, as far as what they will do for you and what they will do for the country. And then you also have to know that they said all that, but when they got in there, they did not come through. Exactly. That's the other thing you have to know about each and every name in politics. So before you go and say anything about a politician, you should study politics. Guys, I'm saying everybody listening right now, you should start studying politics. Did you know a fighter is not going to get in the ring for a heavyweight bout? without at least three to six weeks intense training. Why would that be? To get ready. But he's already ready. He's a fighter. He's strong. You know? But he's not, he, he needs to be at his best uh, peak performance, right? Heart rate, cardio. Heart rate, yeah, there you go. Longevity. Mental capacity. Mental capacity. To go the rounds. Be able to, uh, be able to take a punch. That's right. All of it. You take at least three weeks of intense training before you go to that bout and try to win that title. 
Without the three weeks training, you really don't stand a chance. Right. That's very important to a fighter. Well, politics is the same way. Before you say anything about a politician, I don't care if it's the Speaker of the House or the President of the United States or if it's somebody down in um, governing California. I don't care who, which politician it is. Before you go and say anything about them, take three weeks training first. So how do we do that? Okay, first of all, there's, there, like I said, there's two sides to everything. So for every time you read a headline on Twitter or X, then cross-reference that headline over at Getter because they're two very different ecosystems, if you want to put it like that. <laughs> and so they're, they're very different in a sense that one was founded to help one side and the other site was founded to help the other side. But before you can make an opinion about a politician, you should hear both. You should hear both. I mentioned Rachel Maddow. You can start there. She's going to tell you how horrible Trump is, and she's also being paid good money to, to say that. Exactly. But you know what? These people are getting paid good money to say bad things about someone. They kind of enjoy it anyways. They kind yeah. of believe what they say. So. Yeah. But as a person who's on the outside looking in, studying it all, you should be more open-minded. If you're going to follow anything that has to do with politics, I mean, if you're going to say anything about a politician, I keep saying it like that because it's important, then you should study politics. Study. You have to be aware of their tricks, too, because mm -hmm. they they say these statements that kind of make sense, but they make them to get an emotional reaction out of you. Mm -hmm. Because once they get the emotional reaction... Your your level headedness, your your mm -hmm. brain that can process information like turns off because now they got your heart rate going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, and and if if Donald Trump is going around doing rallies saying I'm going to get the price of eggs down for you, I'm going to get the price of milk and the price of gasoline down for you. Electric cars are fine. I don't have anything against electric cars. You can't go very far in them. If right. that's what you want to choose, I want you to have that right. No choice. Exactly. If you want an internal combustion engine and buy fuel, then I'm going to get that price down for you. Now, when Donald Trump says all that, look for him doing all that. Right. Okay. Same thing with Joe Biden. He said, I'm going to bring Americans together. I am going to bring a calm, cool um, country back in order. So he said all those things, but when you look at what happened, the wars started breaking out. And, and the border. How do you bring a border, country together with the, the border? The border's wide, wide open. open. Jeez. So he's not bringing things together like no. he said he was going to do all those times. All right. So those that's step one. You have to learn what a politician does. And I don't, I don't, I'm not pulling sides. I'm saying both sides. You have to learn what a politician does. A politician says all these things and then does other things. Now, if I say I'm going to um, vote in a certain way in Congress, just elect me, I will always vote for my constituents and what they have in mind. And then when I get in there, I don't do it. What do you think would cause that after I've made all those promises while I was campaigning? Well, unfortunately, yeah. it's like a lot of dirty dealing going on. A either. dark underbelly dark underbelly and if you ever notice a lot of that voting is done like in the mm. middle of the night lobbying. behind closed doors lobbyists non-governmental organizations mm. i mean you can even go as far as blackmail bribery mm -hmm. i mean it, it, it's very very dirty so guys if you're gonna go about your day 
and say anything about a politician. First, study politics. Give yourself that, at least. Now, one of the things that I can do to, to bring up names for you is you can listen to Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Show. He used to be on CBS News or Fox News. I, I forget which one. He was on there for years. He's, he's a journalist. He's bringing insightful information, and he is reporting on latest news. One day he gets fired because they start leaning to the left a little more than what Glenn is willing to lean. Glenn could not be bought. Glenn is a Christian. They started not liking Christians so much, but maybe some other race or ethnic group or religious group a little bit more than Christians. That was what they appealed more to that, the owners of that news station. Whatever it was, they got rid of Glenn. But Glenn didn't go away. He's still on his radio show. So even though he's not on the news anymore, if you tune in, this is part of your three weeks training. Tune in to the Glenn Beck Show. You can find it wherever you live. Just search it. You will find it. And then listen on your, in your earbuds for three weeks. Listen to Glenn. And in the evening, listen to somebody like Sean Hannity. Or not in the afternoon. Glenn starts in the morning, Sean in the afternoon. Then come home and look at the opposition. See what they're saying. So you're going to find out that they hate Glenn Beck. And you're going to find out that they hate Sean Hannity. But you're also going to remember what Glenn and Sean were talking about. And you're also going to start to realize, I didn't so hate what they were talking about. So why do these other people hate them so much? Then you're going to start to see the differences. Now, what happens is, even though you fell in love with a newscast anchor, and everything she or he says all the time, you like watching them. They, they got nice hair. They look good. I thought I'd hit the microphone, sorry. They, they got the tie on, most of them. They're looking real good, all groomed. And they, they smile sometimes. And you just want to believe them. You know, they're talking. You want to believe them. And look at this guy. He's smart. He's, he's on TV, you know. Um, yeah, well, that's all fun and games. That's all fine and dandy, I should say. And they do. They, they look their best. And they get on there and tell you how much they hate people like Glenn Beck and people like uh, Sean Hannity. Even Laura Ingram and the others. So I can't rattle off all the names right now. I don't have enough time. But what I can do is I can go over to a site and have you start there. This is what you should be doing before you say anything about a politician. You should be looking at these headlines and reading some of these stories for three weeks. So as we start, we listen to Glenn Beck, and then we come uh, in the afternoon and listen to Sean Hannity. Then later, I would like you to look at your computer and type in Citizen Free Press. Then, I'm just going to read you some of the headlines. I would like you to click on a few of these and go read the story. Because these stories have receipts. In other words, it actually happened. They're not just people going blah, blah, blah in order for you to believe them and not someone else. Which is what we tend to think before we ever indulge in something like this. Wait a minute. These people want me to believe what they say instead of something else. No. There's actual reporting on actual things that actually happen. Are these citizen journalists that are putting all this together? Because you're going to get more um, fair information if they're not affiliated to Debbie. either party or a network. And what Debbie's saying is you, you your citizens 
that become journalists on their own are doing exactly what I'm asking you guys to do. They are studying politics. They're studying it like you would anything else in college. And they're learning a thing or two. And they're becoming a voice in the politics that they're learning about. And so what I'm looking at right now at Citizens Free Press, well, there's this is put up in order that you might be aware of these stories. And instead of going into how it got there, Wikipedia of Citizen Free, I'm just going to read some of these headlines. Mike, Speaker Mike Johnson, outside the White House, we will give nothing to Ukraine until American border is secure. Okay, you just need to read a few of these. Schumer is panicked, says Ukraine comes first. The third one down. Citizens open thread. Okay, you got open thread Wednesday. Tucker Carlson, the Biden DOJ told my lawyer they would arrest me for interviewing Putin. You're going, what, what, what? Yeah, Tucker Carlson went to Russia and interviewed the president, Vladimir Putin. Mm -hmm. uh, did you know that? Did you not know that? Oh, I get it. You heard that from somebody as they were bashing Tucker. Right. <laughs> See, but you didn't read this story, guys. This is how you study politics. And you not understand. Only that, do you know how many um, people interviewed Putin? They were never accused of treason. Um, and see, I didn't even realize that. All I know is that they're, they're trying to say that, well, Putin is under sanctions in the U.S. right now. You're not allowed to go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Anyway, the next headline. The best highlight from Tucker's bombshell. Nikki Haley wipeout in Michigan. Trump leading 68 to 26. Monster thread on Letitia James' finances. She's living large off campaign funds. Letitia spends 15000 on luxury Puerto Rico hotels. Did you guys know that at all? No, probably not. If you don't study politics, if you weren't listening to Glenn Beck, you're not going to know any of this stuff. But you can just go to Citizen Free Press, click any of these headlines that I just rattled off, and go read the report. They're reputable people bringing receipts. Some of it even comes from the New York Times. Some of it even comes from the Washington Post. These are papers that traditionally lean liberal, yet they're just bringing the story. So here's another one. I was a heretic uh, at the New York Times. Now, this is probably a journalist. It's a headline where a journalist is talking about their experience while working at the New York Times. I so, like the next couple. Nancy Pelosi is hot. Booking a 1.4 million profit on NVIDIA call options. So call options is a trade on the stock market. And Nancy always seems to know just when to book and when not to with stuff sure like that. She does, doesn't she? And she's not supposed to have any advantage over any other American. Right. It's just, it, it would be considered illegal, especially if you're a politician. Nancy Pelosi, uh, you might know, but if you haven't studied politics, you probably didn't know, was the Speaker of the House for many years. For her next trade, Nancy is buying 1.25 million of long-term options on Palo Alto Networks. Palo Alto Networks is a very popular stock in Congress. So guys, hmm. did you know that people in Congress trade stocks when it's kind of unethical? On insider because information. Because there's a government. Yeah. It's inside information indeed. So we're just learning about politics here. Check the Zelensky photo of Saudi, in Saudi Arabia. Another headline. Another one below that. The irony is delicious. Check My Ads is a, is a little company called Check My Ads. Uh, and Jezebel are crying. Why is that so hilarious? Because Check My Ads was originally founded by Democrats to destroy only conservative news. There's one you should probably definitely go to because here you see the battle between the two sides. Yep. And also what you're going to find out is when you form an opinion on somebody, 
If you're just going around saying orange man bad and you don't know orange man, then you're forming an opinion uninformed. Mm -hmm. And so now you have been conditioned to hate where hate is not warranted. Right. It's just not warranted. Because of emotions. But, but he colluded with Russia. Let me tell you what I know about Donald Trump. He colluded with Russia. Did he? Yeah. That's what I know about Donald Trump. How do you know that's that? That's why I don't like him. Oh. Okay. The news said so. You know what I like about him? How he <laughs> got the country in order and everything he said he was going to do, he actually did it. He's the first guy I ever no. knew that did what he said he was no. going to do. He's a tyrant. Is that what he is? That's what they told me. You know what I think, John? I think he's a really smart businessman. And if you're going to have a country that's profitable, why don't you put somebody in business who knows how to run something? Well, he just stirs things up. Yeah. Well, if you're living in a business full of corruption, (laughs) you're going to stir some things up because those bees don't want you messing with their hive. Guys, there's like... Uh, almost infinite scroll of headlines at Citizens Free Press. So I, I would like for you to take three weeks training. Start with the Glenn Beck show and your earbuds, then the Sean Hannity show. And I mean literally listen. Take a minute and listen to it. He's not just, I told you Glenn Beck is religious, he's a Christian. He's not just going to talk about God. He's going to talk about Glenn Beck stuff. He's a journalist. Listen to him. Give him an open mind. Listen to Sean. Give Sean an open mind. Granted, they do. Sean does work for the Murdoch News, which I'm not happy about. But Sean does get paid a good salary. And you know what? He donates to a lot of causes to help people that desperately need it with the money he makes working at Fox News. And he does not necessarily... He tries to follow the rules. He does not necessarily do everything I wished he would do when he talks. But he's he's definitely the next one I'd like you to hear. And Debbie would like me to read another headline here. NYPD released Venezuelan killer Jose Labara to prevent deportation by ICE. Five months later, he commits murder in Georgia. You know, uh, that's the first time I heard that. Well, yes, you go to Citizens Free Press. Isn't that it should be out there? Yes. That's but a that fact. doesn't should... go against the oh, open I, border I, narrative, does and what, it? What Debbie's trying to say is, why is the news not talking about that? Why not did we not hear that before we went to work this morning well, off the TV? I and mean, we've heard about her being killed. Why am I just reading that little tidbit for the first time? So another thing you'll learn, guys, when you study politics, there are many things they won't want you to hear, and there are many things they will want you to hear, and little or any of it is is it actual. So that's what's going on. What they on. don't want you to hear is very important. It's usually what they don't want perception. you to hear. Exactly. So if you can become your own study and you can study politics, give me at least three weeks training. I would start with these headlines over here. It says it's free press. Let me just click one. I What do you want to say, Dave? There was one up there a little bit ago where it said Mitch McConnell's mm-hmm. donors are now backing um, Haley. Yeah, I, I read that too earlier. So, but there's so many headlines here that I think I lost it. But yeah, I read that too earlier. So why would Mitch McConnell's donors be backing Haley? That that would be a question I'd want to know. Well, you 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 know, there's something else people will learn when they start studying politics. Is we call it the Uniparty, even though it's not official to, uh, name. We call it the Uniparty, and Mitch happens to be part of that Uniparty, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm I an agree. opinionated journalist here. Mm-hmm. I'm saying what I'm learning. Yeah. I'm not saying what I think. Your research has I'm led research you to believe has led, that. Has led me right. to see that. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the receipts. If China's giving Mitch all this money over all these yeah. years, 
Why would he care either way, Republican or Democrat? And look who he's married to and look at her family. Exactly. He's so in bed. Another thing too, guys, is foreign nations will take their money and invest into the United States Congress. They will simply offer huge amounts of money to get a congressman to vote a certain way. And you know what? A lot of times they're very successful at that. It's something you have to know about your government. Breaking news, Speaker Mike Johnson. I'm going to go ahead and play the first sound bite here. I think we're about uh, there. Yeah, we're there with the monologue. I've got to move on. So let's play this first sound bite. This is Speaker Mike Johnson. Now, he just walked out of the White House. He doesn't work in the White House. He works in the House of Representatives. He's the leader of the House of Representatives at this time. He, no monies can come out of the United States government to anywhere without the Speaker of the House's permission. They will hold a vote and he will decide at the end of the vote whether or not it is to be passed. So a bill is introduced, a, a CR, Continuing Resolution, which is something we pretty much hate. When we know a thing or two about politics, you would understand what I'm saying. So a CR, uh, if a CR is passed, it would be up to the Speaker of the House, which was run by Nancy Pelosi for a very long time. Now it's being run by Mike. This is what he's talking about. He's at the White House. Let's listen in real quick. Thank you. Thank you all for staying. We had a, um, a, a couple of meetings there. It was uh, frank and honest. I think we need more frank and honest conversations on Capitol Hill. So I was happy to participate in this. We did uh, that as a group. And then I had a one-on-one uh, -on -one for a period of time with the president, just he and I in the Oval Office. Uh, let me say this. When I showed up today, my purpose was to express what I believe is the obvious truth. And that is that we must take care of America's needs first. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe, in uh, maybe 20-something states over the last several weeks, going around the country, uh, appearing at events with my colleagues, and we're hearing from the American people of all parties and all persuasions in all cities and all states who feel this acutely. They understand the catastrophe at the border is affecting everyone, and it is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and, and again one-on-one -on -one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. The other big priority for our country, of course, is the funding of our government. And we have been working in good faith around the clock every single day for months and, and weeks and over the last several days, quite literally around the clock, to get that job done. We're very optimistic. I, I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown. And that's our first uh, responsibility. Uh, you also heard, I'm sure, that there was um, discussion about the supplemental uh, spending package. And uh, I was very clear with the president and all those in the room that the House is actively uh, pursuing and uh, investigating all the various options on that. And we will address that in a timely manner. But again, the first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. I, I believe the president can take executive authority right now today to change that. And I told him that again today in person, as, I, as I've said to him many times, publicly and privately over the last several weeks. It's time for action. It is a catastrophe, and it must stop. And we will get the government funded, and we'll keep working on that. So we'll have more for you. Hey, and he's taking no questions. All right, I've got to get out of this page so it won't keep playing. <laughs> Not me right there. He's taking no further questions. He said what he had to say. That is your Speaker of the House of Representatives. He's in, in the majority. Uh, so he's the majority leader. And no monies 
can be spent out of Congress, out of United States government, even by the president, without the permission of the Speaker of the House. That is the separation of powers that we have in our United States government. Mike Johnson just told you exactly what he thinks. Um, if we don't stop this invasion at the border, and that's exactly what it is, call it what it is, guys. Study politics, learn something. If we don't stop this invasion, he does not want to issue a single dollar for any other reason until we do that. Stop the invasion. I hope he stands to it, Debbie. I hope he stands behind it. If we well, have to shut do down something. government, government will shut down if, if the speaker doesn't release monies. Good. Every fiscal when it, when it comes around. So if he doesn't release monies until he's saying, I'm not going to do this until you close the border, the executive branch undid the laws we had in place that was controlling an influx of immigrants. It was under control, remaining in Mexico, several other laws. As soon as Joe Biden got in office, he signed an executive order to undo those laws and allow people to come in without detaining them at all. About Ukraine or any other of these dark wars that have been going on uh, that you want United States to be big brother over and send billions of dollars to of taxpayers' monies, you need to close the border. When Joe Biden got into office, the first thing he did was undo the laws that kept these borders under control. Now you see what's happening. Millions of people are pouring across the border. You were going to make a point about that, Debbie. Well, yeah, my point was um, if you are like a notorious person, a bad guy, a person who wants to do harm, you go to Mexico, you fly there, you use your ID, right? You right. go to Mexico, you're going to cross the border. Guess what you lose? Your ID. Now you come into this country with no ID. They let you right in. They don't investigate who you are. All these people are coming in. They just make up names. They, they say, I don't have an ID. They have no way to check anything. And it, it could be fighters from another enemy of nation. Course. It of could course. be anybody. And so I'm scared. Well, this is the kind of thing, guys, if you don't understand politics, never say anything about a politician until you learn something about politics first because you're, you're just going to be uttering what you think you know. Right. But when you study this stuff, you will know something. Yeah. You start to shall to know. some dots, You'll right? start connecting dots. Right now, it is popular to say that Matt Gates is the hated hated um, representative out of Tallahassee, Florida uh, in, the, in, in the House of Representatives right now. He's, he's very hated because he ousted Kevin McCarthy, the previous speaker, and he put Mike Johnson in his place. Kevin was not doing what the American people needed done. Kevin was all for the things that Mike was just explaining, right. the border being wide open is not good, but Kevin was all for it. He didn't. He had other things going Uniparty. on. Uniparty. Uniparty things going on. So Mike is not going to play that way. They back him in a corner. They get intimidated by people like Chuck Schumer and Chuck, their, their people. He gets intimidated by Kevin McCarthy's group that are still in place, even though Kevin's gone. He gets intimidated by these people. He gets backed in a corner and Mike, stay strong. That's all I can ask you to do. Stay strong. We need this border fixed. Don't let them back you in the corners like that. Do what you got to do. As a matter of fact, we were going to move on now to the Joe Pag show. I just wanted to play a quick sound bite. Joe's talking to Matt Gates, And like I said, if you don't know anything about politics, all you know about Matt is you're supposed to hate Matt. Okay? Don't hate Matt. Matt is saving America. Right. People like Matt Gates and Donald Trump are in in it to save it. 
not to destroy it. Well, those are those people. I just had a family relative say, well, you know, they just like to stir things up. Mm -hmm. You better believe it. They're mm -hmm. trying to put light on this you corruption and the problem. You don't think an invasion and millions of people pouring over the border is not stirring things up? Yeah. Exactly. And so we can say that the guy trying to fix that is stirring things up, but you'd be talking opposite of truth. Exactly. Talk truth to power instead, guys. Talk forward, not opposite. Let's go ahead and see what he's saying real quick and see if this is queued up. I'll be, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> it's uh, Matt Gates, District 1 Republican, great state of Florida. Matt, if you were running for president and you came third place in the first state, second place out of two in the second state, you lost to any other person but you by four to one in the third state, and then you got smoked in your own state by 30 points. Are you still running for president? Uh, well, I, I think that presidential campaigns uh, stop when they run out of money. Is not that is that the thing? Home. She still has a bunch of talk about Nikki Haley, obviously. Yes, Nikki Haley should not still be running for president. She is because liberals who don't like Donald Trump are continuing to fund her as a Democrat surrogate. Uh, Gavin Newsom was right when he said that Nikki Haley has been converted to the status of Democrat surrogate, and because we were still willing to pay her to go do that work, uh, she was all too willing. Now uh, we we saw news today that the Coke network is uh, is pulling off of the Nikki Haley experience. Right. That will drain her of resources. Reed Hoffman, a Democrat donor, uh, may see the end to her utility. But just like what a shameless kind of depressing end to the Nikki Haley p political career. Someone who's the UN ambassador, the two-time governor of uh of carolina now just getting whooped over and over in these contests and uh being humiliated w with the praise of democrats saying she's doing their bidding not the bidding of the party that she's been a member of her whole life that's sad she is doing the bidding of the democrats the democrats want uh to have debbie you said it but you said they just want to control both sides of everything well that would that would just scream at me that would be a uniparty candidate Mm -hmm. Those are the ones we Unified need to candidate. pick out because she's, she's not a really Republican. She's, you know. Well, they said she's a Democratic surrogate. Right. So that's you. Yeah, the said that. Right. So, and you know what that means? She's a surrogate. In other words, we're going to vote for the surrogate because we don't like Trump. Republican in name mm -hmm. only. Yeah, I know. So, Rhino. guys, it is time now for the hope message at the American Freedom and God podcast. I just wanted to get through to you about something today. I think everybody. Everybody in America that calls themselves an American, legal citizens, of course, should study politics. There should not be one citizen that doesn't study politics. If the, one of the reasons we're in the shape that we're in right now is because the American people are clueless about politics. Well, they just are. I've been spending been years studying it. We've been brainwashed on a level that we can't even um, comprehend. Um, so... Do that, guys, as your assignment. Even if only one listener right now starts to study politics, I will be happy. But I encourage everybody. I'm going to put up a little uh, email campaign, and you'll be able to subscribe to it over at johnpfox.com. No H, one X, johnpfox.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast there. Tell your family members to subscribe. We're not on every day, all day, like the Steve Bannon War Room and stuff like that, which I do recommend you listen to. We're not on every day like Glenn Beck or Joe Pags, but I am on as much as I can be to try to help you guys understand what's happening in our country. And now I'd like to bring you over to the Hope Message. That is with Dr. David Jeremiah. What he is talking about today is angels, guys. Let's listen Get in. Get to this new study that begins today as we talk about Hell's Angels. We've already learned as we have studied about Lucifer 
that his proud rebellion was not experienced in isolation, that when he fell and became Satan, he took with him many of the angels over whom he had gained influence, and a host of the angels fell. Matthew 12, 24 refers to Satan as the ruler of demons. Demons are Satan's servants committed to his plan to thwart the plan of God. While there are some today who deny the reality of demons, the student of the Bible doesn't really have a choice. It's not something that I would choose to talk about, nor would it be my choice for an independent study from the Word of God. But if you read the New Testament, especially the Gospels, you are constantly confronted with the presence of demonic forces. Over 80 times in the New Testament, we are introduced to demons. And in most cases, it is in relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So if we say we believe in the historicity of Jesus and the accuracy of the Bible concerning his life, we have really no choice but to accept the presence of demonic forces in our world, at least in the world of Jesus Christ as he walked upon this earth. In fact, I went through the Gospels, and I haven't time to give you all the references because there are so many, but the Gospels are filled with the encounters that Jesus had with people who were demon-possessed. Here are just a few of the references that I've collected for you to view. Mark 1.32, At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to Jesus all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Mark 1.39, And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Matthew 4.24, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed. Luke 7.21, At that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And Luke 8.2, And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. You can't really get away from it. You have to accept the fact that in the world in which Jesus lived, and I believe in our world today, there is this presence of demonic forces. The Gospels are eloquent with this truth, that Christ believed in the reality of demons, and demonstrated his power over them often. So what is a demon anyway? Well, another term that is used to describe a demon in the New Testament is the word unclean spirits. It's found in Mark 6 and verse 7, where we are told that Jesus called the twelve to himself and gave them power over unclean spirits, a synonym for a demon. Acts 8, 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. Luke 4.33, Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. There the terms are all together in one verse. The Bible teaches that demons are rational beings. They are not diseases. They are not ailments. I hear people all the time talking about the demon of the flu or the demon of arthritis, or the demon of this and the demon of that. You know, they may torment you as if they were demons, but demons are not abstract thoughts. They are not ailments or diseases, according to the Word of God. They are personalities. They have all of the attributes of a person. 
when God created the angels, he had not created the human spirit yet. The angels he created first. They don't know salvation. Dr. David Jeremiah actually goes into that further on in this sermon. Angels don't know salvation because they already know God as they were created. That's why when Jesus came to the earth, the demons that were fallen angels feared Jesus because they knew God already. It's the, it's the human spirits that, that, that have salvation. It's because the human spirits didn't already know God. When he created the human spirits, they were created on earth. They didn't know of God. They have to learn of God. That's what salvation is. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. We had something to rejoice in when Jesus died, that we will not be cast to hell, that we will be accepted in the holy place. And Jesus made that happen because we're very sinful. We're, it's what keeps us from being unclean spirits as well as demons. Jesus and the salvation. Again, angels don't know salvation because they already knew God. You guys, there was one other um, post I wanted to show you before we moved to Dr. Berg's health segment. And that was, I wanted to read from uh, the Truth Social site real quick. This is uh, DC Drano. And he's making a point that I, I in, intended to include in today's uh, talk about studying politics. The New York Times is now reporting that the U.S. had 12 secret spy bases in Ukraine and helped topple the government in 2014. Barack Obama was the president then. We also know there were Pentagon partnerships with Ukrainian biolabs, plans for Ukraine to join NATO, Hunter Biden's pay pig deal with Burisma. Pay pig deal, huh? That must mean you get plenty of money for doing a whole lot of Burisma stuff. Joe Biden's withholding of $1 billion until Ukraine fired the Burisma prosecutor. And we can't forget they impeached President Trump over a phone call to Zelensky. Ukraine has been a deep state money laundering playground for decades. And now they're trying to cash in big time with World War III. People need to be held accountable for what they have done on all sides of this disaster. And Sophia posts right underneath. It's crazy how many people think that this is a straight war with the West trying to stop mean old Russia from taking over Ukraine. Even if all the knowledge about Ukraine were made public, people still would reject it and call Ukraine a democracy. Every war breaks out with a deep, dark underbelly of global elites who support both sides while setting up the narrative that the other side is the devil. She goes on to explain a little more about that. And I wanted to include that, those two posts on Twitter because or on X, because it was important that I did today. But I don't want you to forget the message you just heard from Dr. David Jeremiah either. Guys, Ukraine, and for decades, has been pretty much a place that the United States government was able to get done all their deeds, their deeds and their wars and all the things they do, to whatever Barack was up to, whatever <laughs> whatever they get money. We had something long. to do with putting Zelensky in power. And we had we something to do. the old government. Not to mention, we have something to do with everything, all things Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, and that's why they're so animate right now exactly. about Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Nothing else matters to uh -huh, these people. Because it's all going to come out. You guys need to understand that as an American citizen. Okay. And I'm saying, if you're a Ukrainian American citizen, God bless you. But I'm just saying, if you're an American citizen at all, you need to understand this 
Ukraine and this history of the United States government. The, the two are tied together and they're joined at the hip. You know, if you study World War II, you find out the globalists were behind a lot of that mm. and they were paying both sides of that war and look what that did the, to the world. Well, the very saddest thing about it is the taxpayers, United States of America taxpayers, are basically where the Ukrainians get their money. Right. Basically. And you've got to figure, you, John, if a globalist, right, they don't care what countries are, are uh, no, they blown don't, up they don't care because they come in with the money to rebuild it. So they make money on all ends. They don't care how many people die. They don't care how many mothers and fathers lose their children. No, They don't I care know. about any of that. So, Debbie, once uh, we started realizing we were killing ourselves with poisonous uh I don't know, pesticides food? on the food, yeah. uh, the pesticides from the, from the, the fields of the grain fields right. and the pesticides all the way to the preservatives right. that you find on the back of the box there and the ingredients. Once we discovered that, we started eating fresh, you and exactly. I. So today I wanted to bring that up again, that there's seven foods that make you live longer. And if I can find anybody that can talk about this better than as well, then it would be hard pressed because I think Dr. Berg does it very much the best. Let's listen in for help a few. Support or maintain or improve the mitochondria can potentially help you live longer. Anything that destroys the mitochondria, you're not going to live as long. And at the very top of the list, there's one molecule that's very, very powerful. It's called PQQ. What it does is it increases the number of mitochondria. And it is also involved in the continuous recharging and discharging of electrons in the battery in your mitochondria. Then you get into what's called physics, which involves electrons. So we're dealing with the creation of a battery. So the mitochondria has a very important function of uh, creating ATP, which are many little batteries. And this molecule, PQQ, can actually do both. It can help discharge and release energy and help recharge energy as well. It increases the number of mitochondria. It's very important in your brain, in your cognitive function. And if you're missing this molecule in your food, you have a lot of problems. And it's 10 times stronger than resveratrol. And out of all the foods that have the most PQQ, it's the cacao. That is kind of the precursor to cocoa or chocolate. Then you have cocoa, which is heated, and chocolate is more processed. But even chocolate as a finished product, even though it's heated, has a, a large amount of this PQQ. Now, the uh, negative part of chocolate is usually comes in sugar. But if you were to get the, let's say the 85% or maybe even 90%, you'd get just a very tiny bit of sugar. And the other negative part is that cacao is very high in oxalates. So if you're prone to kidney stones, probably not a good idea. But even in general, if you just have a small piece, you're getting a smaller amount of these oxalates and it's probably not going to be a big problem. But just to make sure as an extra precaution, if you were to have this, um, you know, a little bit of chocolate right after your lunch and you had some cheese, that extra calcium will help reduce uh, the oxalates being absorbed. But cacao or chocolate also has polyphenols. It's very, very high in magnesium, but polyphenols are also in berries, grass-fed meat, grass-fed uh, cheese. In fact, I submitted some of our um, cattle meat into a research project and I got the results back and there was like super high amounts of polyphenols in the meat, the animal meat. So when the animals eat the plants that have the polyphenols, 
you're going to get that indirectly. So polyphenols are another thing that increases the number of mitochondria. Polyphenols also increase SOD, which is uh, something that helps to uh, reduce oxidation, free radical. Very informative. This uh, video goes on. It's a six-minute video. I've just played three minutes of it for you. Um, just go to Seven Foods That Make You Live Longer on YouTube. Look for Dr. Eric Berg, DC, and let him describe to you um, what you were just listening to and, let, and watch the rest of the video. And then subscribe to his channel, guys. He's going to teach you all these things. He gets right down into the very cells of your body and tells you what's going on with this food you're eating. I love him. I, I can't imagine any other way to learn about what makes you healthy. Dr. Day, uh, Dr. Eric Berg he used to be a little larger. He had a fat face. He, he, had, uh, he was overweight. He got determined to, to get to the bottom of it, and he lost it all. He started eating certain stuff the same that we're doing. He really educated himself. He educated he? himself to, to no end. And so I recommend Dr. Eric Berg on the YouTube, guys. You know, It's been my pleasure to be bringing you these health segments in each show. The American Freedom and God podcast is designed to let you Open your eyes, see what's happening around you so that you can be a voice that has strength in the United States. And it also designed to remind you that you were created by God and that when you die, you separate, you live on in the afterlife. It's here to remind you of that. And the other thing that this podcast is here to do is to get you eating healthy. Well, we're, <laughs> you know? it's education. We're trying to educate it's ourselves. It's education, right? 100%. You just went to three classes while you That's were at right. the podcast today. <laughs> three, you Three different classes, just like in high school. So, yeah, that's what we're about. It's important to us. I have been feeling like, I don't know, you, you like to use the term a million bucks. You know, it kind of means that you just feel great. You feel awesome. You can run, skip, jump, jog, whatever, you know. Climb ladders. Climb ladders, work out. I love it. I feel great. And only because I stopped listening to eggs are bad and meat is bad and this is bad and that's bad. And if you eat all that stuff, you're going to die. You know, I stopped listening to that and I started understanding. And that's what I, that's what this show is about. Stop listening to that. Did you know that there is a body of, uh, a group of people? I think we mentioned it as dark underbelly earlier that would like to see us all just die away. Yeah. They don't. It, there's too many people. They hate the fact that the populations of the world is is that it is. Right. And they'd like to see us all die. And, and before they, they die, they want to get all your money through healthcare. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Along the way, they the want to end business. up with everything, you right. know, financially. So they, the world is their oyster. They want to see the rest of us not be around, at least a great chunk of us anyway. And so one of the reasons you're finding all these GMO'd foods, um, other biolabbed stuff to to eat that's coming up like from bill gates or whoever's doing it one of the reasons is they kind of like to not see you be as healthy as what i just described well you know think it's about just it. one the more way thing. it is if you're sick your mind's not thinking that's it's true easier too. for them to pull the shenanigans yeah, you don't make over a good you soldier you're not who you should be not who you should be 
I'm going to tell you guys, when I was not eating healthy, I did not feel great every day that I went to work. I'd go to work and I'd be like, you know, doing what I got to do, but it's like hurting, you know, it's like right. it's tiring. Barely get through the day. Barely getting through the day. Come home, sit on the John, sofa, turn on the news. Yeah, they say, John, what's the matter? I say, I don't know. I just don't feel good today. Yeah, but you say that every day. Well, right. I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, I had years like that, personally. Yeah, well, it's a thing of the past now because we have decided to just – enlighten ourselves and don't forget to entertain yourselves guys too this i'm asking you to study politics and i'm asking you to do a quick three-week training and then to continue after that but just so you can really start to understand politics and um while i'm doing that i'm also concerned that uh, you know don't forget to to stay loosened up entertain yourself don't go around paranoid scared and don't argue politics with anybody. It's it, it is not productive. You you if a person doesn't study politics and they start telling you about a politician, just kindly smile and walk away. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Just tell them you don't know a darn thing about that and walk away. Because if they don't know politics, then they really don't know what they're arguing about. That's it, guys. We're gonna try again next week for even a better show. And until then, goodbye. This has been the American Freedom and God Podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye.